Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Now let's have some fun. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> welcome, friends, to another episode of the Brian Trust. It is the past the odds of January, I guess. Sure yeah. is. Odds of odds of whatever. Let me start that. Um, We've passed the halfway point in January. It's true. It is true. 18, 19 days in now. <laughs> How is your 2019 like, treating like you so far? Um, It's okay. It still feels a lot like. 2018 nothing's really drastic's changed so much i mean, i've got yeah i've got a i've got a show next week and so i'm scrambling to finish prep for that and uh things like that so i've got uh for the atlanta radio theater we've got a uh a series of shows at the public library hmm. that we're doing like one a month but next hmm. week's the first performance and we're still trying to scramble it like you do in the theater, often you're scrambling to get everything, get all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle put together at the last minute. And right, we've um, had a couple people who had to drop out, so we we're replacing oh. some of that, juggling casting around mm. and uh, some of that. So that's been fun. Mm. Uh, we still haven't, I think we still haven't yet had one rehearsal where everybody was actually in the same room at the same time. Mm-hmm. We've gotten pretty close, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we're not quite there. And and the performance is next Saturday. So we're kind of like, <laughs> it'll um, all come together. I know. And well, and I'm not really in charge of it, so I don't know why I'm stressing about it, but no, I do, well, you want I, it to I do when I invest a lot of myself. Well, in of course you, know, you want it to go well. Yeah. That's pretty much. Um, plus I'm in like every script that we're doing. So I have something, I mean, there's a couple where I'm just doing fully, but other, I mean, I think we're doing like eight or nine scripts and I'm performing in like seven of them. So ah, all right. Some of them have got three or four different voices. So it gets a little crazy after a while. Ah. Um, but it's fun, you know, uh, movie challenge is still going. Yay. As it were. Um, I did get to the actual movie theater to see a movie. Did you? Uh, yeah, I went last weekend because uh, I had a, a gap in my schedule. So I went to, I went to go see Aquaman. And? Um, it was all right. You know, I I still think Wonder Woman was better. Like I enjoyed it more overall. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were like Aquaman. It's just Black Panther with water. Yeah. (laughs) Which is true a little bit, but it kind of like Aquaman's more in the Killmonger role, not as a villain, but it's like the outsider. Sure. Sort of thing. So the, some some of the positions are switched around, but it had a, actually had a surprisingly positive ending to it. Oh, good. Um, better than I expected. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they certainly set up the next movie. If they do a sequel, they certainly set it up very well. Yeah. Um, but it was, um, yeah, I liked it at some points. There were some moments where I think they tried to inject comedy that just really fell flat. Mm. Uh, it's when I was, uh, you just, you guys, you tried too hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just tried too hard to make that work. And it's, just, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were elements of it I enjoyed. It's definitely one of those like you don't have to see it in the theater. Really, I think it. Right. I think it was kind of cool to see it in the theater with the you know the, a lot of the effects and things. It was definitely something that it. That was another movie that felt like it was built for three D for some reason. Like they uh-huh. just kind of forced it. Hmm. Um, 
but that's okay. I didn't see it in 3D, so I uh, wasn't super worried about that. And I didn't miss anything out by that. But some great performances like Dolph Lundgren and uh, Nicole Kidman was great. Like everybody, I mean, the performances were all pretty good. So mm. that's... Um, but other than that, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting movie for sure. If you, I think I think for me, what it is, it, it's not so much. Maybe I just felt tired watching it, kind of mm-hmm. in some way, because I knew everything kind of that was going to happen before I saw it. It was really predictable because it's a superhero mm-hmm. movie and it's an mm-hmm. origin movie mm-hmm. of sorts as well. So it's kind of like it's not even that I have superhero movie fatigue. I think I have origin movie <laughs> origin story fatigue. It's just. Mm every every superhero movie it's got it's got to be the origin story like why hmm. <clears throat> right it doesn't really yeah. what i liked about um spider-man into the spider-verse when i saw that last month was it does it is an origin story but it also has a bunch of really quick recapped origin stories inside of it so you don't feel like it's an origin movie right it's a it's, it's a recap Kind of, yeah. Well, no, but the but the whole movie is one giant origin story as well. So that uh-huh. it kind of it works because it's basically all these other Spider Man helping this one spider one new guy become Spider Man. Mm-hmm. So it's his origin story, but it doesn't feel like it because you're dealing with all these other people in the mix. You yeah, know? right. So it was, yeah. Um, and hearing their stories was cool because I didn't know some of them for some of these mm-hmm. other Spider Men. So it was like like mm-hmm. Spider Ham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently. I was not aware of this. His origin story, he was a spider that was bitten by a radioactive pig. I see. So, yeah. <laughs> so, he's, it's the opposite. Yes. Yeah. He was there a was, spider. How yeah. did the pig bite the spider? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not even worried about it. It was just awesome. Right. So, that was, uh, that was really hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, that one. that one definitely... If you still get a chance to see that in the theater, I highly recommend it because it's just the right. visuals are fantastic. And oh, good! It almost looked like you're watching a 3D movie in 2D the way they did because it's like offset oh, yeah. printing backgrounds yeah. and, and like the yeah. backgrounds are blurred, so it yeah. looks like 3D. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, nice. I got thrown by that at first, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna roll with it. <laughs> yeah, you get all that without the headache. Yeah, basically, that's exactly what it is. It's it's yeah. it was it was very well done. Yeah. Um, and it's very funny too. So that, yeah. that helped. Um, I would say, yeah, a lot of, I did a few, a lot of weird, a lot of romance stories this week hmm. for some reason. Like I watched the Russia house, which is a cold war story, but it's Sean Connery and Michelle Pfeiffer getting together. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, that was okay. not great. Mm-hmm. They both had better movies that came out that year. So I just hmm. was like, Oh, I'm tired. Hmm. Um, I saw Crocodile Dundee the original. three. I saw the third one. Oh, and then I went and then I turned around and watched the original because it occurred to me I'd never actually seen the original movie. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Either. Um, I think the first half of that movie holds up. The last half that's set in New York does not hold up. Yeah. Well, because New York of the eighties is so very different from the New York of today. Yeah, of course. I think. Um, yeah. That and to be fair, I've never actually been to New York, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's my assumption just based on what I see on TV. So, oh, you gotta go to New York. You gotta go to New York at least once in your lifetime. I will at some point. I just, I, it's just never really come up, and I, I just can't afford to travel for no reason. So, sure. Well, if you ever get the opportunity, I mean, you're so close on that side of the uh, states. You're so close. 
Yeah, but it's still either a couple days drive each way or sure, don't have know, a flight yeah. or something. I mean, it's flying like a train, to, you know. There's, there's, ah, there's, yes, there's twice more. the time at double the money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. To take a train. Amtrak? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. It's right. expensive these days. Um, not that's a bad, I mean, yeah, I, I've ridden the, I've ridden Amtrak before. I do. I thought it was fun, but you gotta, it's like being on a cruise. Like you get, you get those train legs and then like the whole oh, world yeah. seems like it's wobbling back and forth for a few days after you're off. This yeah. Day. yeah. And you're just like, ah. yeah, we did that one time we drove. Now, what did we do? We took a train to Washington DC, I think Yeah. from Chicago. Yeah, well, and I used to I used to do it when I lived in L.A. I'd take it to Albuquerque to visit my brother at Thanksgiving. Hmm. And that was like an overnight thing because it departed L.A. at like 6 p.m. and it would get in Albuquerque like the next afternoon, hmm. um, which is weird because it's not that far. I mean, I could I could have probably driven in a solid – I mean, it would be a full day of driving, like 10 hours, sure. but yeah. I could I could have done it, but yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, mm, nah. Um, mm. so the train was interesting in that, in that aspect, but I, you know, it's like, if you get, if you could afford a sleeper car, get a sleeper car, something you can oh, yeah. actually sleep because yeah, right. the seats, while they're nicer than being on a bus, um, a little, feel a little more comfortable than sitting on a plane. They don't really recline yeah. all the way. Like there's really no good, comfortable way to sleep in those. So. Right. Right. Um, and that's the problem with riding on a train. Like every trip across country is just days and days and days, you know, it's just, just mm. endless hours of being on a train, which is not, again, a bad thing. It's great if you want to read mm-hmm. uh, or stare out the window for, you know, hours on end, which is also kind of cool. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so no. So, um, you know, about Crocodile Dundee, I would say that the most interesting movie I watched this week was called Sophie and the Rising Sun. Okay. And it's from 2016. Uh, it's a couple of years. It's an indie film from a couple of years ago. It's set in the South um, in like the fall of 1941. Hmm. And this Asian guy basically gets thrown off a bus, beaten up and bloodied in this small like South Carolina town. Hmm. And they sort of, and like this one woman takes him in and kind of nurses him back to health and stuff. But then the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor. Ah. So <clears throat> there's a lot of the, it's interesting because it's like an extra layer of racism on top of what was already kind of institutionalized in the South mm-hmm. and the elements of that. And he falls in love with not that woman, but a different woman in town. So like there's, mm-hmm. it's a, there's a romance story behind that mm-hmm. as well, which I thought was interesting. And the way it ends is kind of cool too. And it bookends with some other movies I've seen that are based around like the internment experience mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so I mean, it's not. It, uh, these are all posted on my Facebook page and and stuff because I've been I've been posting every day. As soon as I watch it, it's like ha. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, we've been watching. We've been watching. Yeah. So, we see him. Then I watched uh, IQ yesterday, which is kind of a, another romantic, like a romantic comedy from like 1994. That's the one with Tim Robbins and like Walter Matthau as Albert Einstein. Oh yeah. That was pretty funny. I actually enjoyed yeah. that. So it was, I yeah. mean, it was very formulaic. It's very generic yeah. comedy, but it was pretty funny. So. Yeah. I like the part where they were cheating. Yeah. During the test. And they're all like, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> and he pitches her. Ow. What? Oh, oh. <laughs> but I love that. I love that Tim Robbins up there with the test and he's like, and that like totally plays it up. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mark. Yeah. 
Um, but I like the part at, at toward the end with the big reveal, like after she figures out what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> the fight in the field was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was a good silly movie. Um, yeah, that was sure. cute. That was a cute. I one. figured what I'm going to do like on Fridays is going to be like, I'm going to just find a comedy, like something hopefully funny to watch. Yeah. Just to lighten things up. I mean, last week was last Friday was laser team. So that was, mm. was okay. It was, it was funny at points, but it was, Right. It was one of those, I think it was, it's not necessarily all of my humor. So, right, right. I tried to watch a silly movie the other day. Uh, I've gotten on this Bill Murray kick because we okay. saw, we saw the uh, Netflix Bill Murray stories. Right, right. That's actually pretty good. That's a really good documentary. That's in my queue. I will get to it's it. It's funny. Anyway, so I was kind of searching through Bill Murray movies and I saw one that I had never seen before called Loose Shoes. It's a it's a really low budget. It's sort of say, like in the same vein as Kentucky Fried Movie or Amazon Women on the Moon. It's just a bunch of little shorts. I was gonna say it, I thought I heard of it at least vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wasn't I? Don't, I don't know. It wasn't my cup of tea. Sure. I got about a half an hour into it, and then I was like, "Oh no!" So I couldn't watch any more of it. I mean, it's pretty silly. It's really, it's silly, silly. Sure. Uh, it's crass. There's a lot of nudity in it. Uh, and it, I just like after half an hour, I was like, mm. Yeah, it, it can depend. Well, and especially around that time, like in the early 80s and stuff, with, with stuff like Amazon Women on the Moon or Kentucky Fried Movie or this one, and like these ideas where they had these kind of parody movies where it's a bunch yeah. of short sketches or it's a full you know, parody of some, like a satire of some. That's all it was. It was just, yeah. uh, it was just a bunch of parodies. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you it's, know, budget, it's totally low budget. Like you can tell the film quality is just terrible. Odd connection to that. Then Bill Murray's baby brother, Joel was in Sophie and the rising sun. Oh yeah. And what I thought was going to be like a comic relief role, but he actually has some very scary scenes in the movie. I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, that terrifies me. <laughs> it was, mm-hmm. He did very, he did really, really well. Like I really, yeah. So it yeah. Was, um anyway yeah so that's where we're at with the movie challenge i gotta figure out when i gotta find time to squeeze in a movie today um not sure where i'm gonna do it but <laughs> mm. I, will, I will get it done you'll do it you'll I get must, it in there. i must get it done yes mm-hmm. uh, if i was smart i would have watched it yesterday and just like wrote it in advance but i'm trying not to do that i want to be nice and yeah try to stick to the rules are you doing this all month or all year what are you doing this is all year Oh boy. It's a whole year thing. Yeah. I've got it all. I've got it written down. I've got it calendared out such as, you know, needing a calendar. Uh, <laughs> right. Like, I don't know what movies I'm watching from day to day. Like I'm just picking it random at the time I, right. at, at, on that day. Like I'll pick something from sure. one of the cues I have saved up yep. stuff. So do you want um, suggestions? I will always welcome suggestions uh, there you go. for sure. Um, Odds are they may already be on my list. Who knows? You know, it's ideal if it's something that's available on streaming um, and preferably like a subscription, not something I have to pay a lot of money for. That would help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, you have Netflix, right? You have well, Netflix. that's why I have Netflix and I have Hulu and I have Amazon. There you go. And so between the three of those, although there is a lot of overlap between Hulu and Amazon, so I don't know if I'm necessarily going to keep yeah. Hulu for right. too much longer. So Netflix and Amazon are my two big things. Although, Walmart has their voodoo or voodoo, mm. 
whatever VUDU, their streaming service that they bought, essentially. Mm. Okay. Um, and there's stuff on that you can watch for free with ads. Mm. Yeah, who likes that? When you're, especially when you're watching. Nobody likes that. Um, I did watch, well, that's where I watched uh, Crocodile Dundee. The first one was on there with the ads. And they did it at good breaks in the movie. They actually know where the good breaks in the movie are, so it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. But you basically watch the same commercials like 25 times and you just like, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> it's, it's never good. Um, and then there's 2BTV, mm. uh, T-U-B-I. That's another one that's got a lot of it's free with ads. Uh, Roku mm-hmm. does similar stuff with their mm-hmm. movie channels mm-hmm. now that they've added those. And uh, Even IMDb is getting in on the action. Mm. Now they launched... Um, they launched a new service called IMDb uh, Free Drive, hmm. which seems weird because IMDb is owned by Amazon. Hmm. So I <laughs> or Free Dive, sorry, Free Dive. Hmm. Um, but it's an ads. It I, I think it's another ad supported like streaming service, like nothing current. Right. But they have some relatively recent stuff on there and some good things, you know, stuff that's you know no different than based on anywhere else. Right. Um, because of licensing rights. But that's again, that's one of those weird ones which are like you're owned by Amazon. Why are why aren't you just linking to Prime Video and let people watch it there mm-hmm. without ads? But right. You know, I don't know, whatever. So <laughs> so yeah. I may watch some stuff on there if I if I get the if I get in the mood, but I think most of that stuff's available elsewhere also. Right. Um for that. Have you seen uh To All the Boys I've Loved Before? It's on Netflix. I haven't yet. I think that's I was a good one. Looking that's at a good it, one. but um, it's a good romantic comedy. It's funny. Okay. It's very funny. I think you. I think you would enjoy that one. Well, I know they already like greenlit a sequel or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. Yeah, but. it's really entertaining. It, it'll hold your attention. Like we were cracking up the whole time. Mm. Watching that one, I don't know. I uh, maybe I, I mean I'll put it on the list for sure. Um, some of them I never I never know. Like I said, I never know when I'm going to get around to them. And so, oh yeah. Uh, well, I skipped over it. You know, I totally skipped over it. And then yeah. I was watching Jimmy Fallon, and he had uh, Lana Condor. She's the star mm-hmm. uh, interviewing, and Jimmy was he was just raving about the movie. He's like, oh, I loved it. I can believe Jimmy it. Jimmy Fallon. He does that with everything. No, I know, but I was like, all right, well, I'll give it a shot, right? And yeah, it was pretty good. I actually have yeah. to admit, it was actually really good. Yeah, it wasn't something that caught my attention immediately. I was like, meh, you know, and then yeah. I was like, oh, well, yeah. we'll watch it. We were looking for something to watch on a Saturday evening, and we put it on, and it was good. It actually was really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out for it. Um I think, and now, and that's the thing, like I'm losing track of other, like the Punisher season two dropped on Friday. Um, mm. A bunch of new movies dropped that I wanted to see as well. So those are going, I'm like, okay, save that, save that. Oh, save that. and new teaser trailer for Ghostbusters three. Did you see that? Yes, I did. And it, well, is it three or four or it, it's a little confusing as to what they're going to do with this because they, oh, I know. they rebooted. A couple of years ago, obviously, for those who've seen it, uh, with, oh, yeah. uh, with Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig and stuff, and it was that was actually pretty funny. 
but mm. it was essentially just a rehash of the first movie plot wise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, I think that's why to me it wasn't as solid because the novelty is kind of gone. I think I'm curious to see what they're going to do with this one and who of the remaining living ghostbusters will be in it. Yeah. I assume it's going to be like a new, you know, starting a new generation kind of thing. Uh, mm. but I, Jason Reitman, who is directing and co-wrote the script, I trust him because I love his movies. Yeah. Um, they're always a little, it, it was odd to me that he did it, but then I'm like, well, no, he did it for his dad. I get that. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of, mm-hmm. he just wrote it without really telling his dad, just kind of went and brought it to him. And went, See, what about this? Yeah. Um, so I trust him though, uh, with his stuff. Thank you for smoking was fantastic up in the air. It was great. That's the thing. A lot of his movies have been very politically mm-hmm. like issue oriented. Right. They're comedies, but they're a little more kind of deadpan. And, and so I thought that was a little odd, but yeah. I'm curious to, I am, I've admitted, I'm curious enough to, to wait to see more of what they're actually doing hmm. with that. And that was just a teaser for something. They haven't started shooting. They haven't been greenlit. They haven't. Right. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like, they're still, I mean, they have a script. So it's like, Oh, okay. So the question yeah. now just becomes who are they going to get cast? What, what's going to go for it? Cause it's not coming out for another probably year and a half. I think summer of 2020. Yeah. That, which would make it about a year and a half from now. Yeah. So, yep. uh, so I, uh, I'm not going to stress about it. We'll just see what happens. Yeah. I've been promised cool stuff before and been let down. So, you know, we try to, mm. I always try to be ca- I try to be cautiously optimistic. Thank you. So, um, oh, let me think what else. I mean, the trailer for John Wick 3 dropped this week, too. But, you know, it's... Oh, yeah. There was that. For me, I'm excited because I love those movies. So it's right. Kidding. New Spider-Man. There's a new Spider-Man trailer dropped. Uh, yes. For the for the live-action Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> I love that we now Spider-Man. have to clarify that again. <laughs> it's like, not the right. It's a live-action Tom Holland Spider, the Marvel Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, the sequel with Mysterio and hmm. uh, whoever else. I thought that... I, I like the concept. From what I understand, from what I've read a little bit on, I saw the trailer and I watched a little bit online, that it is actually set after the next Avengers movie. Hmm. Big shock. But yeah, it's kind of, so we know he's going to come back. For hmm. those who did, who saw Infinity War, spoiler. Um, some things happened in that movie that kind of make it weird that they're making another Spider-Man movie right now. But, right, right. Um, but, the, but the Avengers sequel comes out before the next Spider-Man movie. So yeah. Um, but now the world knows that he wasn't disintegrated. Well, no, he was, but he'll, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll find a way to bring him back. That's, yeah, of, that's course. Get of it. course him and him and black Panther, both mainly because, and I say that because black Panther, it, they filmed all that stuff. They filmed black Panther or they filmed the scenes in infinity war before black Panther. And they did mm-hmm. not know how big of a hit black Panther was actually going to be. Mm-hmm. so naturally mm-hmm. he's coming back spoiler he also got dusted so yeah uh so he's probably gonna come back too for sure those yeah. two for sure yeah you've been dusted i suspect um it depends i'm curious to see who they with avengers who they who all they bring back and how that's all gonna how, that, how that's all gonna fly because a lot of contracts are ending with that movie mm-hmm. as well so it's like hmm Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, most of the popular speculation is uh, Chris Evans as Captain America. He's done. Hmm. Um, and, and probably 
Robert Downey Jr. will bow out after this as mm. well. Mm. Mostly because I don't think Disney Marvel can keep afford to keep paying him. Because <laughs> mm. he's making like $50 million a movie or some, some insane yeah. amount of money. Yeah. Not all upfront salary plus a huge chunk of the back end. So sure. He's making some insane amount of money on these movies right now. His contract ended a while ago, but he, he they renegotiated for right stuff. So right. Um. But uh, so yeah, I'm curious to see where it all, how it all shakes loose in that in that aspect. To be like, oh, I wonder how they're going to make this work and how they're going to do this and you right. know, from that from that standpoint. But we'll have to wait until April. Three whole months. I can't do it. No, I can totally do it. That's fine. Yeah, it gives you something to look forward to. There's plenty of stuff to watch in the meantime. I, I'm not wanting for things to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, no I was shooting. thinking about, and this is mm. something I think about now uh, with Crocodile Dundee, how we were talking about how part of that just feels really dated. Yeah. The Australia part doesn't, but it's only because I'm, I'm not familiar with Australia in that way. So I don't right. know how dated a lot of it is. I suspect right. some of it is, but most of it isn't. Yep. Just in terms of the smaller parts of Australia in that sense. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of what other movies I've seen. What movies have you seen recently that might be like slightly older? Any Dirty Harry movie. Just feel really dated. Dirty Harry. Okay. I revisited Dirty Harry, the Dirty Harry series, yeah. uh, not too long ago. And what's interesting is <clears throat> when you see the shots of San Francisco, you can see the uh, freeway that used to be on the Embarcadero that used to be right there on the water. Oh yeah, and it was a complete eyesore. To we weren't living here um, before the the earthquake of eighty nine took it down, right? Okay. We weren't here, but people that were here said that it was just the ugliest thing. The freeway along the along the uh, wall, it was just ugly. Like it just it was uh, it was just awful, and it was a massive tragedy. You know, the earthquake, the Loma Prieta earthquake of 89 that destroyed a whole lot of stuff during the world uh, series. Yeah. I remember that. Right. Nobody was upset that that thing fell. Yeah. And so what's interesting is when you watch the hair movies, you can see it. Yeah. Uh, and you can see there's buildings that are missing, you know, that are there today. Well, it's like uh, the, with, like some movies that have the world trade center, in New York yes. and stuff and simple yeah. twinge and like some folks went back. I think it was right after one of the Spider-Man movies, one of the Marvel spider, the earlier Marvel Spider-Man movies, they went back and like digitally erased the world trade center from the film. I'm yeah. like, guys, I know why. Well, cause it was released like right after nine 11 or something like a, a year yeah. and a half, like in 2000, I get it. I think it was Spider-Man two or three. Yeah. I mean, I um, get it, but they, they digitally erased like guys, mm. Mm. you know, no, just leave right. it. It's it was right. there. We know it was there. Just, yeah, it's not a shocker. No, I mean it is. It is weird to watch like old versions of Friends. You know when they're doing those New York shots and whatnot, yeah. and you yeah. can see the World Trade Center as they pan across the you know the, the landscape. Well, I think about that sometimes now too. Yeah. Well, and what's funny to me watching Crocodile Dundee three because it takes the first part takes place in Australia, but then they go to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. it's crocodile dundee in los angeles and like seeing la in what would be the late 90s kind of um yeah because there were certain things that were not there at the time we're going back and watching speed mm, oh yeah because you go back and watch that it's funny because when they they the subway train they get on at the end that, yeah. that's the red line that runs right under the hollywood 
under Hollywood Boulevard and they were still digging that tunnel at the time, which is why when it comes up and Buster, yeah. like that's real, like they, they were, that's a real construction. They were still building the, the yeah. red line yeah. under the Chinese theater and, yeah. and all that stuff. So I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Um, because I remember being in LA the first time I went was in 91. I was still in high school at the time, but we flew out to uh, the choirs and we flew out to record um, an album. It's a, it was like a one day trip, but we spent a little time in Hollywood. And I remember walking down Hollywood Boulevard before the giant Hollywood and Highland, Highland complex was there. And hmm. it was a lot dirtier on Hollywood Boulevard, which is weird because even now it's not that clean. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it, um, but like, and seeing the Chinese theater kind of standing by itself and, Sort of, they yeah. sort of like moved it a little bit and remade it up uh, the way they redesigned it when they built the H and H complex was because yeah. they built it basically on top of the Chinese theater. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but how much stuff shifted around there on Hollywood Boulevard yeah. and stuff? It's a little odd, but right. Well, just watch any movie from the eighties. Oh, like, yeah. like I was always a big John Hughes fan. Sure, you, know? you watch any of those, and you can see like there's. I mean, just the style of the clothes that everybody's wearing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's totally dated. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I mean, watch. And highlighted I mean, and emphasized in all those movies. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and the hair. The hairdos. Oh, the hair. I mean, the whole style thing. I mean, <laughs> when I when I was an extra for Uncle Buck, um, the wardrobe that they put us in, it, it wasn't anything that I would have worn or... I knew anybody that wore that kind of clothes. Right. right? And they, and what they did was they like, they overemphasized the style of the eighties. Right. 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 Yeah. Like I wouldn't be wearing a beret. Right. Like I didn't know anybody that wore a beret. <laughs> the funny thing that I, the funny thing that, that makes me chuckle a bit is thinking about uh, movies that were like filmed in the late seventies, early eighties, but they're like set in the future. Oh yeah, but they're still using like '80s technology, slightly evolved. So you see, like, like Blade Runner with the CRT screens and all that, right? Like weird stuff. And they, and I was listening to The Incomparable a couple of weeks ago. They were talking about Blade Runner twenty forty nine, um, but they're talking about how they took the way the technology was in Blade Runner and just advanced that naturally. They didn't take today's stuff and adapt it. Yeah, the universe. So they were still using those weird CRT script, like that weird flat sort of mm-hmm. technology. Or you watch 2001, and it's like, oh my god! You know, right. First off, Pan Am doesn't exist anymore. So no. weird. No. Um, but even those screens and and the stuff that they did, it was always yeah. and it's always like the the text is like these big blocky letters and yeah yeah. Or you watch any movie that has TWA in it, right? And you're like, whoo, yeah, yeah. I seen that in a long time. Yeah, it's always it's always at least ones that aren't set in like earlier times and that like if they're set right, in future, it's always like weird sort of um things. I remember even in the '90s, I remember watching. There was a, it was a TV originally, I think it was supposed to be a pilot that didn't go anywhere, but it was set in this like post-apocalyptic future and they Mm. still had AT&T. Oh yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. I'm like, Oh my God. What? What? Mm -hmm. No, what? Yep. Um, but they were still using AT&T like communication technology, which I thought was hilarious. Um, Mm. like, I'm not sure how that works, but, Mm. uh, so 
Yeah, it's always interesting to me to watch watch some of these movies, and it, and I suspect I'll find more of those as as time goes on. This year, those are classics though. Like I like I personally like revisiting movies that I've watched before because sure. it's like visiting an old friend. I've said well, this no, before. and I and like I, I really I like movies that. where it's like stuff that I'll I'll watch and it's like yeah, of course yeah. It, it looks ridiculous now. Sure, even if, even if we watch um, something like well, for example, Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. which is definitely one of my never not why I will always watch it if it's on <laughs> just yeah. because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but you watch that technology too. Like even some of the, like the graphics and some of the stuff you're just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, compared to, compared to today, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. man, just how far we've come. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of some other stuff. Like I haven't seen, like most of the movies I've seen so far this year haven't been that way. Again, a lot of it's been random choices and stuff, and most of it's still been pretty recent. Right. Um, the other exception, I think, other than yeah, so watching the Russia House, but that was set in at that at that time, mm. like it was set in present day with some flashbacks to like 1968, so it wasn't mm-hmm. a big deal. Mm-hmm. Or Hang 'Em High. I mean, that was set in the Old West. I watched that last Saturday. Mm -hmm. and the funny thing to me was that was a feature film, but it was shot like a TV show. Hmm. So it looked weird. Like it looked like the sets looked weird. Like it looked like it was like a long episode of like a Western, like a, like a episode or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is not that surprising. It was written by Leonard Freeman who created Hawaii five Oh and a bunch of, like it was created with a bunch of, it was a feature film made by a bunch of TV people. Yeah. At the time. Um, Even Clint Eastwood himself, like it was his first movie. I mean, obviously he had been in Westerns, but it was his first one producing yeah, uh, as a co-production yeah. uh, with Leonard Friedman. Then, of course, he just took over directing a few years later. So Right, right. I was on a Jimmy Stewart kick for a while. Yeah. Uh, I watched like uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and I saw um, Harvey. And of course, It's a Wonderful Life, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I like his style, like his uh, Jimmy Stewart, the way, you know, I just I just like how calming he is when he's. You know, on. funny thing. That's another one I haven't watched all the way through. I think I like which I've one? seen the beginning and I know I've seen the end. I think I missed the middle. Which one? Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Harvey oh, and yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. I've seen both of those. Yeah, of course. Times. Um, yeah. And Harvey is certainly fascinating in its way. <laughs> it's kind of it's yeah. a fascinating story. Yeah. Uh, which was I think that's what inspired Donnie Darko, if I remember correctly later really? on was yeah the idea is that's sort of a darker much darker version of that because the the donny darko is like the rabbit the no or you know it's like nobody can see the rabbit this rabbit yeah right it's like telling him to murder people or so yeah <laughs> it's just oh. like oh wow yeah um yeah it's a really dark movie uh i mean it's in the title but um yeah it's always it's odd to me sometimes where you see some of these things pop up and um and you look at it and go oh man they still really right know how to feel. or even the marx brothers like i was watching the marx brothers movies too they're hilarious they're absolutely hilarious and well, those guys were those guys were well, so talented the, like those movies those like casablanca you know it's it's a it doesn't it doesn't feel dated because it was set at the time it was filmed, you know, like it was, right. it was filmed in that period. It was set in that period. And like, that's, yeah. what, that's the yeah. thing is like, you watch a film that's set at that time in modern day. It's fine. It's like why mystery science theater does so many like 
these B movie, these B sci-fi movies from the fifties, where it was like, by 1980, we'll be living on Mars and everyone will have their jetpack kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you watch it, you're like, oh yeah, I remember when I had my jetpack in 1980. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I traded it in for my flying car in my levitating house. Yeah, yeah, and the Cold War is still going on, and you know, <laughs> sort of, but we're in space now. I'm like, ooh, look out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so stuff like that. It, and it typically tends to be with sci-fi films more than anything else. Right. And it's a risk, you know. It's right. You run a risk with that kind of thing. Um, with the, Well, and it's, if you look at, I mean, you look at Star Trek. You look at the original series versus even the next generation versus Discovery. Right. Now, it's like the difference, especially Discovery, which takes place before the original series. Yeah. It's like you look at that what they're doing there and what they did in the original series, and you're like, well, you're screwing with me, right? How, how's the continuity going to work? At least Enterprise, they tried to honor the continuity a little. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but so I sometimes I think I think it's good to just be like, yeah, you know what? Screw it. Let's just, you know, let's just roll with it. But right. um, yeah, it's always that's oh, that's one. There's one that's super dated. Uh, I think it was 83 Runaway with Tom oh. Selleck. It's a yeah. good movie. I really enjoy that movie, but man, is it so dated. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't care. Like, it's just one of, that's one of those that I love because it's, because it's just so dated. You're just like, oh, right. man, that is yeah. just punishing to watch. But Right. I think my favorite movies are like the yeah, was 84 runaway. Yeah. I love the eighties comedies like better off dead. I mean, yeah. any of those, you know, well, and again, but those are ones that were set in that time period. So like yeah. it was set in present day. So it yeah. doesn't really, and that's what I think a lot of the John Hughes movies things like that's why they resonate per se is they're set in that time period. Yeah. Like right. you say, the costuming's a little exaggerated to a point, but it, but it sells to the rest of the country. Like this is of what course. they're here at this time or whatever. Right. You yeah. know, um, but it makes it a little more timeless because it's right. sudden, you know, it creates that you can watch it at the time the movie's out and go, yeah, that's what, totally what life is like. Come back 30 years later. And it's like, Oh yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. You know, it creates that nostalgia afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, and now, and now newer movies, you get those things like, like you talked about lady bird, which I still haven't seen, but I will. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> That's one you definitely have to on your list. I know you, you have to watch that one. It's not going to leave Amazon. It's a prime original movie, so it's they're they're not going to take it off there anytime soon. Oh. So I, I am going to watch it for sure. Um, but stuff like that. What uh, the the Edge of Seventeen was one with Haley Steinfeld that was put. I haven't seen that. that was good too. Nope, that was good too. All the boys I loved before. Like yep. you're talking about, it's it's a modern day in that in that style. Like they're trying for that style it, with a modern sensibility, like teen comedies. Mm. Um, Saved was one that was kind of like that back in the day. I mean, that's you know, fifteen twenty year old movie, at, or no, it's a yeah, like a fifteen year old movie at this point. But that was one of those sort of like comedies for that time period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was quite funny. So yeah. <laughs> it was like I liked it. It was interesting. We've seen Ladybird probably six times already. It's just it gets funnier every time. It's I just, it's funny. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Have you ever seen Rushmore? I I haven't, but I it just didn't look interesting to me. Okay, that one that one 
when I first saw it, I did not like it. And then uh, some friends of mine were like, are you crazy? Did you miss something? Like, go back and see it again. And I watched it again and I caught it's very, the, the humor in there is very subtle. The gags in there are subtle. You will miss sure. them if you're not looking for them. And so the second time I saw it, it was funnier. The third time I saw it, way funnier. Fourth time I saw it, way funnier. And then there's just, there's quotable lines in that movie that are just right. ridiculously well, I, funny. I find, I, I think what it is is for me, like I struggle watching Wes Anderson movies. Oh, is it his like style? I, yeah. Well, that's one of his big first ones was. That was one of his big first ones. Yeah. Uh, and I just, but even Bottle Rocket's like, another one. Other, so, yeah. Bottle Rocket was his very first one. Yeah. But, or first breakup, kind of big breakout movie. That but was I, actually pretty good too. Bottle Rocket. It's pretty been. Good. I, I find it hard to like his movie. I, I don't really get them mm-hmm. very much. I like I, it. It's hard for me to connect to those movies. Yeah. And it's, it's not like that they're watching bad. A play. It's just like, I just like for, they're not, they're not necessarily like, I feel like they're not for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. I don't like, I, I don't have any problem with those at all. I think yeah. they, I, I love that they exist and I think he's a brilliant filmmaker Yeah, from a visual perspective. But sure. I, I found that his stuff just doesn't, um, a lot of his stuff doesn't appeal to me yeah. in the same way it does to, uh, to other folks. So yeah. same reason I don't find s- Seinfeld funny at all. Yeah. And that's yeah. the same way. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. There's a few that I didn't. Okay. So if we're looking at Wes Anderson movies, Grand Budapest was interesting. Yeah. We have not seen Isle of Dogs. Moonrise okay. Kingdom was pretty good. The Royal Tenenbaums. I didn't see that all the way through. I think I got tired of it and turned it off. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, didn't care for that. Life Aquatic. Mm, it was okay. Uh, Dar the Darley Darjeeling uh, Limited. Yeah, the Darjeeling Limited. That was okay. Uh, a little slow. Rushmore. Funny. Bottle Rocket. Uh, that was good. Uh, there's some others here. That I have not, I have not heard of. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's, there's written by. Okay, let's see, directed by. Uh, let's see, the directed by. Uh, Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, Real Time Bombs, uh, American Express, My Life, My Card. That was a short. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest Hotel, Isle of Dogs. Okay, they're, they're filming another one right now called The French Dispatch. Yeah, I see that. Um, yeah, I think it. But, I think it just. And some of them are other. Yeah, some of them are shorts. Some of them are other things. Some of them are shorts related to other projects that he was doing. Like Hotel Chevalier was related to the Darjeeling Limited. It was like a mm-hmm. separate short film he shot. Like they had a day right. off and he just went out and shot a short film. I'm like, okay, right. Right. Um, so I think that, and that's the thing, like, again, I don't have a problem with many of these. Like I, I am trying to expand my horizons a little bit and try some other things. Um, but it's sometimes it's tough. You know, I have a limited amount of time. So I just think about it in a moment and be like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Give Rushmore a try. Rushmore is probably my favorite one of that list. I wonder if Rushmore is not available on streaming stuff. So I have to figure out, I'll plan it. I, I, I'll have to try to, I'll put it on the list of things to see. Hmm. I can't guarantee I'll get to it this year. I'm going to try, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it just depends when it's able to pop up either on streaming. Uh, Cause like it's available on Showtime, I think. Uh, 
but I don't get sure. time. So okay, you know, maybe at some point, maybe maybe not. I don't know. Mm. I'll work on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I find that uh, yeah, I always try to keep chant like I I have. Uh, one of the earnest movies on my watch list. <laughs> really? Which one? I, I think that was after we were talking about it last week. Of course. Right. Um, it's the only ones available. Ernest goes to Africa. Cause it's one of the, it's one of the ones I haven't seen. Oh, uh, cause scared stupid wasn't available. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to throw this on here and at some point I'll watch it just cause I want to see if it's as bad mm. as I think it is. Yep. Um, cause Ernest goes to camp is just a classic. Mm-hmm. like slapstick comedy. Um, yeah, yeah. Ernest goes to jail is not too bad either. It's not as good, but it, mm. that was the third one. Mm. Um, like I have sound city on there too. I need to see. And yeah, that's a good one. You like that one. I know. That's why I put it on there. Um, yeah, I got, I, I love like documentaries like that, especially cause the food fighters are just, I just, you know, they've, Dave Grohl and the he just I just have so much respect for that guy. Sure, he's like one of my oh, favorite no. musicians. Yeah. Cool. What about uh, Running Scared? Have you seen Running Scared with Billy Crystal and Gregory? Oh, Hyde? the original. Um, yeah. No, I have not. I've been looking for it mm. a little bit from time to time. I I think about it and go, you know what? I kind of want to see that. Yeah, that's a um, good one. It's tough because there's there's also a version from 2006 starring the late Paul Walker. That's a very different movie. Uh, it just happened to have the same title. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. I did not see that one. Yeah. That's a very, very different movie. Yeah. Um, like the plot's completely different. It's not even the same. Content. Right. It just yeah. happens to have the same title. Right. Um, but yeah, no, that was one. I remember like ever since I, I think I saw the trailer years ago. And I'd been wanting to see it, and I just never got around to it. It kind of popped up and out. And oh, both versions of Running Scared are on Tubi. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, there you go. Or well, I could be reading that wrong. I don't know, but mm. uh, that's a good movie. That's a good '80s movie because you'll yeah, catch like that, yeah, a lot of you'll catch lot the of, old cell phone that they use. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. Like like in uh, Lethal Weapon, the original one, where he has the uh, we talked oh, about this, where he has the he has the over the shoulder, you know, the uh, cell phone thing, the cell phone uh, bag, uh, the bag phone, <laughs> the bag that, phone. Yeah, that was my that was my first cell phone was a bag phone. In fact, that's pretty funny. That's I pretty think funny. so too. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was a little silly of me to to do that, I guess, in retrospect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But where I was, but I was living in Flagstaff at the time, so I actually got a lot. And the coverage was wide, so when I was out on the interstate yeah. stuff. I actually had a lot yeah. fewer kind of dead zones and things. Uh, yeah, um, my dad had so, a car. So phone. I appreciated that for sure. My dad had a Motorola car phone that was actually installed into the car. I had a, it was a handset in the car. It had an orange. I just remember it had a, like an, a backlit, an orange backlit display. So he could like dial. He could look down and dial. And then when it ring, he would pick it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was a, there was a, uh, some electrical components in the trunk. And then they had to drill a hole in the, in the back window in the glass to put the antenna. <laughs> and I was like, how'd they do that? Interesting. How'd they, how'd they drill that hole? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. It's always interesting. Some of the things that we, uh, the things we did for technology. It's, yeah, we're still just do, so really. funny. It's not even yeah. just did stuff. We still do. Yeah, because we're idiots. Yep. But <laughs> like we'd be driving home, he'd say, "Call your mother. Let her know we're coming home." <laughs> okay. Mom, I'm calling for a phone in the car. Yes, yeah. I've had it for six months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my uh, that was my first experience of uh, being too available was when we were in the car and the phone would ring. And then, of course, it was like home, you know, what time are you coming home? That was, yeah, that was my first. Because before that, it was like when you were out of sight, you were gone. Like, you, you know, either your parents would call around to the different friends that you had to figure out where you were or you had to check in at a certain time. Yeah. You know, like when I would leave, my mom would say something like, uh, you know, why don't you call me at four to see what we're doing for dinner? You know, whatever. And then wherever I was, I would either have to pick up a pay phone or like, can I use your phone? You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Phone. It was, I, I, I mean, I don't remember a lot of this from, from my mother's perspective, really. Obviously, I, I only can remember from my own. But um, I like the idea that it was sort of, like I'd go to a friend's house and it was there, be back by this time, roughly, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or call if you're going to be late or something, you know, yeah, exactly. There was a lot more. And that's the thing. I wonder sometimes there was a lot more trust. Yeah. In, well, it wasn't, it was a different well, I time. Was, I, well, that's the thing. Like I was, I don't know if it was trust in, in us or trust in the neighborhood or what it was specifically. Cause it was like, you worried a lot less for your kid's safety. In some yeah. ways, back, I think maybe back then, just because, and I think some of it is with the the access to technology and information, things have just gotten scarier for people. Mm-hmm. And the perception belies the reality, which is it's not necessarily any more dangerous than it used to be. Right. For kids, it's just that we perceive a lot more. And it's like, oh, my God. And, you know, it's right. like the world just become like, you don't want to go outside anymore. It's like, eh. yeah, and they wonder why, you know, a lot of us who had kids that our, our generation now, it's all TV is the parent mm-hmm. even more than it was for us. You know, <laughs> so like, just, mm-hmm. yeah, no, you're not going outside. You sit here and watch TV like, you know, so. Right. Well. Know, I remember getting trapped in a phone booth once. I remember uh, pooping myself at the bus stop. <laughs> mm, that, that was, I just couldn't hold it in anymore. I was, just, I tried, I tried. Yep. Wait, it happens, man. The phone booth thing was my own, well, folding door, accordion style doors are my nemesis. Mm. Those on my closet behind me. I tell you what, I've I, noticed I, been I, I do not open that closet barely ever unless I absolutely have to. Wow. Uh, those are, yeah, it just, when I was a little kid, like that, that's part of what that stems from is from, I think I was in kindergarten or first grade or something. And I just went for a walk and ended up down at the corner gas station. And I got in the phone booth to make a call. I didn't have any change, but then I shut the door behind me and I couldn't get it open. <laughs> wow. I was like, hey. well, especially if they have to fold in. Yeah. Like I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I'm glad phone booths are gone. Damn it. <laughs> um, well, we've learned something today. I, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty well, funny. I, well, the funny thing. Okay. Well, I'll tell you the rest of the story then there, there's a second part to the story. It's just several years later. Uh, we moved in, we had moved 
houses and we were getting ready to move into this house. And my mom came and we were just unloading some stuff. And my brother and I were exploring the upstairs of the house and wandered into this big, like super long walk-in. I mean, it was basically the size of my bedroom, like mm-hmm. as a closet. It was huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For my grandmother, she had the in-law quarters above the garage and stuff. Yep. And we got in there and shut the door because we were giggling around. We we're like, let's hide from mom. You know, so my brother was, my little brother was with me. And and so we shut the doors after a while. So we were playing around after a while and stuff. And then I realized like it'd been a long time. Like we should probably go find mom. And then we couldn't get the doors open because they opened inward. And I just couldn't for the, it was, uh, we both started freaking out. And we we're just like, ah, ah. and my mom was down in the garage. She never heard us. Oh like, boy. And we're just like screaming. For, I finally, what happened was I, managed to i don't know if it was a herculean effort or what i mean i was think i was i want to think of about seven at the time maybe so (laughs) this is later on it's like a year after that previous incident um but i like got the door off its track like i broke the door so we could get it out (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't heavily broken it was like i basically got it off the rails like i force it open yeah and get it out and just kind of set it, tried to set it back a little bit. Like maybe they won't notice. <laughs> Those were the best hiding places though, because you could put your foot against the hinge of the door and then they couldn't open it and they would well, leave. But there the was another door at the other end. Oh yeah. But it, but it was the same thing. It was another folding, like accordion style door. Yeah. So it was you didn't like, think about like taking your tiny little seven year old fingers and going under the door and pulling it. <laughs> so well, it would I, open. I couldn't No, there was no way to get under there. Like it was tracked on both sides, so upper and lower, and you couldn't oh, like, get I your see. hands in there to. Yeah, it was, it was really ridiculous. It or was, grab the little no, hinge. And there just was pull. no, there was no knob inside because the idea was you weren't going to close these things while you're in the freaking closet. I see. All right, you know? there. <laughs> so there was no knob on the inside. Right. Um. So it was like, uh, you know, I'm just like trying yeah. to find a finger hold so I could get it open. But you know, I was a little kid. It was hard to. Of course. Of no, I know. I, I know. I get it. I get it. And I'm like, oh God, it's a phone booth all over again. You know, so phone booth. <laughs> well, my mom, I, I remember hearing my mom mentioned it a couple of days later. She mentioned the door being off the track, and I just was like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I mean, I told my mom about it years later. We we had a good laugh about that. Um, mm. But I was just like, ah, nope, 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 not going to just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Never know. Well, because all I had to do was put the door back on the track. Like, it wasn't a big deal, but. Um, I just thought it was really awkward. It's one of those like super awkward moments where you're just like, man, if that gets out, I'd be so embarrassed. Mm. But I was looking to see if there was a phobia of phone booths and there's not, uh, there's no, I the closest so. thing is, well, I mean, it, it's almost like a, a claustrophobia kind of thing. Cause it, yeah, at the time it's, it's one of like, I still, for for years after that, what, as as I grew up and stuff, when I would get in a phone booth, I left the door open. Well, of course, why I would not? not close that door because I'm just like I knew I could open it. Like I wasn't really, but I still have trouble with full. Like I still have trouble getting mm. those things to work sometimes. I'm just like, nope, yeah, not, not touching that one. Yeah, um, yeah, I just couldn't do it. I'm just like, I don't think so. Yeah, so telephonophobia or telephobia. Uh, is the fear of making or taking phone calls. That's not, that's not. I was going to say telephobia, I think would be the fear of long distances. Telephobia. Because it's sort of what the, 
the idea of the tele part of telescope or telephone yeah. <laughs> that it's a it's actually a type of social phobia or social anxiety I believe actually, it. And these days, these days are taking is, phone calls hmm. it is i know it's something that i i have to some degree hmm. um not a ton of it's more like a, but i recognize it more as anxiety rather than as a phobia of the phone Mm-hmm. Uh, like when my phone rings, it's like, oh God, who is it? What's going on? Who wants? Oh no! Like yeah. I just like the fear kicks in when the phone rings. Right. What but can it be? What do they want? Well, because well, then I or, or I worry because the way my phone's set up, the only people who can call me and the phone will actually ring is my family. Mm, so yeah. if they're calling me because they all text me. So like if they're calling me, it, I feel like it's an emergency or something. Right. Oh yeah. Um. I'm like, oh God, what happened? What what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> My mom okay? said to me a couple times over the last year, and it turns out she just like dialed me by accident. I'm like, oh mom, oh. killing me. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we still get butt dials. Yeah. That's that's always awkward too. That doesn't help mm. much. But uh yeah. So now that we are used up our entire hour, how was your week? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My I'm week was sorry. fine. Time, <laughs> you spent an hour talking about how your week was. No, no. No, to be fair, we spent most of the time talking about the movie. I'm talking about yeah, that's movies. true. No, no, my week was fine. Everything. Okay. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I, just yeah, sure. good. I just want to make sure. All right. <laughs> uh, I have I have a quick update with the with the pilot, the Honda. Pilot. Oh yes, yes. You know, uh, it was resolved good yeah uh it was actually a malformed piece of metal in the back of the uh where the hatchback is it's not where the hatchback makes contact with the car it's it was actually about three or four inches in there was just okay. a malformed piece of metal definitely done at the factory uh you know i took it to a different honda dealership and they they put it through a rain. They actually have a rain tower there where they can c- completely saturate the entire car. Nice. And uh, they can look for leaks everywhere, you know. And so they put it in there. Uh, they saw the dripping. They then took it out of the rain simulator. They took they took the back apart, so they had to take some of the inside trim off, right, to look in there. And they immediately saw uh, the hole. Yeah. And they had, you know, their original, their gut reaction was, you know, has this car ever been in a rear end collision? Yeah. And I said, no, it has never. And then they actually looked at it further and they said, well, we believe you. We definitely believe you because the inside, you know, when, when a car goes through, um, like a collision repair and it's on the inside under trim, the body shop usually doesn't paint the inside. Like they won't spray the inside of the car with the paint that they used at the factory when the whole thing was being, you know, was being treated and painted and all this other stuff. They just, what they'll do is they'll treat it and then it'll be unpainted. Right. So uh, they said, we believe you because we don't know any body shops that would actually paint the inside of trim, right. Or paint the inside of the metal. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, so then uh, they, they filled out some paperwork, took some pictures, sent it over to Honda Corporate under the case number that I had already had. And uh, Honda sent out a representative to come take a look. And the guy wasn't there more than a few minutes and said, absolutely, this is our fault. So fix it. So uh, they straightened out whatever it was that needed to be straightened out. They resealed it all back up. 
and then they put the car underneath the rain tower for an extended period of time just to make sure and all's well zero dollars out of my pocket yeah honda really stepped up that was nice yeah and that and that dealership you know i didn't realize there was a difference between dealerships and um you know as far as like who owns them you know right yeah corporate owned or family owned um, this one happened to be family owned and it's a little closer what, to the house. Let's specify it's corporate as in owned by a corporation, not owned by the car company correct. itself. Yes, yeah, correct. So it's a separate corporation that has purchased this dealership yeah. to run it. Sonic Automotive is actually the yeah. name of the corporation. Uh, there, there, are some, there are some places though that have blossomed into a corporate thing. Yeah, of course. Owned. Um, one of the ones I think of in Phoenix, the Earnhardt family of companies like it's still a family owned kind of corporation, but it's huge. And they have dealership, yeah. like they have like 17 dealers right. all over the city right. and been around for like right. 40 years. And yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the vibe was totally different in this other dealership. Um, <clears throat> it actually felt like my grandfather's garage. Well, mm-hmm. uh, way, way long time ago, my grandfather owned a, uh, a car garage and um, uh, they had this very, like they had this very family owned, like, you know, kind of vibe and that's what it felt like when i went in there it was totally like come on in how'd you like some coffee you know whatever i mean it's just so nice they just were just so friendly and very professional and they Good. you know they were like yeah we'll help you no problem but you got you what got else? it result you got your car back and everything's fine and yeah everything's fine cool yep. all right yeah. Sorry, yeah, the crickets weren't happy. that you were boring it was just our time no i know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that got resolved. And yeah. Uh, well, and the, and the moral of the story is don't give up. Like the first, the first dealership I went to, they kind of were like, "What do you want us to do about it?" You know, they kind of like they didn't yep, want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They basically said, "We'll take it back to the body shop that you had the work done." And I said, "I didn't have any body work done." You know, and they just were uninterested. And even to this day, I mean, I went to them in November and they allegedly ordered me a part and I have not heard back from them. And it's been a couple months now, almost two months. Yeah. So, that happened to me with, that happened to me with Suzuki years ago when I had the, the car that I had that apparently turned out wasn't actually made by Suzuki, even though it was a Suzuki car. I went to a dealership, ordered a part months went by. I never heard about it. Went by the dealership. It was gone. Yeah, <laughs> the dealership yeah. was gone. It's out of business. I'm like, oh, yeah, um, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a ton of money. Thankfully, it was like fifty dollars for the part. But sure. just right. Like, why didn't you guys ever call? Even if you were going out of business, why didn't you notify me or something? You know, yeah. yeah. Give me my now money there back, are, Jesus. You know, what? I'm a big proponent of taking the car to the dealership for service because those are like factory trained, you know, men and women, yeah. and they have they have you know original parts, you know all this stuff. Right. But there are some, there are some times where I don't go to the dealership like batteries. I don't give car batteries at the dealership. I go to still around. I get the diehard batteries. I love that. I thought about that with, with mine, my car, because it's like a remote battery. So the, where the battery normally sits under the engine, it's not there. It's in a different location. What they have is like a remote terminal Mm. where you hook up for the jump. And I'm like, Oh God, I don't even want to know yeah. what that is. Cause it was like, when I got my, when my battery died back in September, they replaced it. It's like 300 bucks to get that thing replaced. Yeah. And I was out of pocket. The service contract didn't cover it. So I'm like, Oh, yeah, consumable. Yep. A lot of it, but a lot of that was labor. 
like yeah. most like the battery itself was like 80 80 bucks or something but the labor was yeah. ridiculous to get that out of there yeah yeah but like yeah. tires i don't i don't get tires at the dealership i go to big o yeah they're great they're great uh and their warranty is amazing None and their service is amazing no, no, none of these are sponsors yeah. of the podcast. But, but like, uh, you know, if they uh, want to be, we'll talk. But you know, yeah, we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> we'll change the title of this podcast. Will be the Big O Tire Trust. Yeah, the, yeah, the uh, <laughs> Pepsi presents the Big O Tire Trust. Yeah, the Drivetrain Trust. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there, but there are sometimes I don't go to the dealership. Like you know, yeah. uh, on my wife's car, her transmission blew out and. The car, the rest of the car is in perfect condition. Yeah. The transmission, it, it blew out typically when it was supposed to blow out at 130, 130,000 miles. Well, we didn't go to the dealership for them because they were going to charge us a couple thousand extra dollars to put uh, this transmission in. So we went to Amco, you know, and they got a new transmission, uh, put it in, and, uh, and they did a whole bunch of other stuff too. There was a rear main seal on the engine that you can only replace when you pull the transmission out. So that's part of their uh, that's part of their preventative maintenance. They pull the transmission out, they check that seal. If there's any type of seepage there, they replace it. And it's 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 really easy to replace, but you have to have the transmission out. And since the transmission was out and we had the seepage, we yeah. took care of it. Yeah. It was great. I wonder sometimes I always worry about it given how computer driven these are. And well that's the thing, more and more cars have become like non-serviceable by anybody but the dealership just because it's all self-contained and they've got it. Right. Well, we had a conversation about the Honda pilot and the fix for my transmission, which was on the surface. It looked like there was just bad fluid in there because it was, it was broken down and really, really liquidy. Right. And, um, the, uh, in order to fix that, what they had to do is they had to upgrade the software on my car so that the coolant would kick in at a lower temperature instead of a higher temperature because what was happening was the fluid wasn't cooling down fat. It wasn't cooling down early enough and it was getting past the breakdown, the breakdown temperature. So Honda released a, a, a software update that actually kicked in the coolant at a much lower temperature to keep it at a lower temperature. Well, right. I had a conversation with these guys at Amco and they, they had no idea. They didn't yeah. know. And I said, yeah, if you ever come across a uh, Honda with transmission issues, check the, check the software version. And, but then, that, again, you, the, dealers, the dealership's the only place that can do the software upgrade. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it is. You're, you're absolutely right. Where they're manufacturing these cars where they're so – like, I would never work on a car again. No way. I mean, back in the, you know, in the late 80s, you know, early nineties, I was servicing my own cars. They were so simple. Yeah. You know, change spark plugs, regaps, certain things, time them up, change oil. I mean, I was doing all that stuff, changing, uh, coolant, flushing out the, I mean, I could do all that stuff. Yeah. These days, forget it. I wouldn't touch it. Totally. They, They hook up to a computer, you know, when they're working on the cars, they immediately go for that data jack and everything is monitored by the computer. Everything. Yep. It is complicated. What's not complicated is the end of this show. <laughs> it's true. But speaking of computers, we need to get off ours now. Yes. <laughs> good segue though. I appreciate that. That was good. I, know, I, I saw I saw you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like <laughs> get off the phone. I gotta go. 
God, man, come on. Come on. Uh, you've been yeah. talking long enough. This is, yeah, you've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. No, um, <laughs> at the movies. No. Uh, wait, what's the name of the show? <laughs> no. Uh, this has been another episode of the Brian Trust. Thanks so much for listening. You can get this and all of our shows at our website at briantrustpodcast.com. At the Brian Trust Podcast.com. There, I'll slow it down for you guys in case you're, in case you're listening at 2x speed. Mm, right. um, Good idea. <laughs> you can subscribe there or on Apple Podcasts, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Wherever you subscribe to the show, feel free to rate and review it because ratings and reviews are how shows like ours get discovered by other people. Mm. Uh, if you have any feedback for us, you can, best way to do it is probably just give it to us directly, let's be honest. Uh, you can email us at briantrustpodcast at gmail.com. We're also available on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebriantrust. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to follow my movie watching for whatever reason, you can follow my Facebook page or my Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. At, uh, the Facebook page is facebook.com slash actorgeek.com. The dot's mm-hmm. actually spelled out. They oh, Let me do it right. the other way uh, at the time. You also, you also have a bag phone that people could call. No, I used to have a bag phone. Oh, I do not I have see. it anymore. Oh, I misunderstood. Uh, I gave it up years ago. Now, mm. I, now I have a. Now I have a. Now I have an, a phone, an iPhone. It's the phone is literally in my eyeball. Oh, there. Why I keep rubbing it? Um, but, okay. Uh, no, no, I got the. the no, it's rose gold eye. Is what it is. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's not pink. It's rose gold. Shut up. Um, anyway, we're also available on Twitter. Uh, the show is at the Brian Trust. Uh, individually, we're also on Twitter. I am at Actor Geek. I'm at B Selkie. And that's going to do it for episode number whatever number this is. I think it's one. <laughs> Are you losing track already? I have. Yeah, I admit it. I lost track. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's one fifteen. But <laughs> until next time. Wow. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. You know, it occurs to me, I actually haven't seen that movie either. I know, it's terrible. You have to see it. (laughs) I'll I'll put it on the list. (laughs) I was thinking about that. I was like, what other movies could I? Yeah. Yeah.